Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and today, on this lovely April day, um, we have uh, Valerie Lightheart, a uh, wonderful folk pop singer here from Milwaukee, and um, we're here to drink a little bit of uh, ever-fresh orange juice um, to get our days going, because it's only uh, about 2 p.m. this afternoon. Um, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah. How, uh, how's your day going so far? Good. I actually got to see my grandma this morning instead of this evening. Oh, that's good. Yeah, because she's at my dad's in her scene, so sure. I popped up. I had to cancel plans with my friends, but I popped up. It was cool. Oh, nice. Um, how is grandma? She is good. She's visiting from Texas. Oh. What part yeah. of Texas? Uh, just outside San Antonio. Oh, cool. Yeah, but like middle of nowhere outside San oh, Antonio. Oh, really? Yeah. I... That's awesome. I, um... I've been to Austin a couple times oh, cool. um, for South by Southwest. Yeah. You know, the reason any uh, anyone that like is trying to like make it in something like you know they all have to go to see South by Southwest in Austin, but um, but it is like I feel like that would be really nice this time of year, like with just how warm it warm it is down there, and it's still yeah. like it's getting nicer now, like up here, but still not totally nice. Not quite there yet. Not all the way. Yeah. We got a ways to go. Yes. Quite. That's Wisconsinite. <laughs> I know. In this uh, bipolar climate. Yeah. That we can't escape. <laughs> well, cheers. Cheers. Mm. Oh, man. I fucking love OJ. I'm a big OJ fan. Yeah. That orange juice, I'm going to specify. Because I don't want that sound bite to be taken out of the Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's true. Um, I, yeah, I went through, like, a phase where, like, I was just, like, in, like, eighth grade, like, I would just crave orange juice all the time, and I would go to, like, the convenience store after school and get some, like, every day. Um, that's awesome. Well, what a time, but I haven't had orange juice in a while, so I'm glad you asked for it. Um. I'm a fan. Good. I'm a fan. So, Val, um. So what we talk about in Mr. Nice Guy here, um, we talk about love and fear uh, through the scope of a creative mind. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, I'm interested in how, you know, I'm interested in just exploring how an artist expresses themselves through those driving forces and basically just learning about more about who they are as a human being. Like, I think that's just a really beautiful thing, how someone chooses to, in such a unique way, like, communicate an idea or communicate, like, pieces of themselves that they feel have they have a hard time, like, showing to people and through music. Like, that's just such a, you know, amazing way to do it. And, Thank you. Yeah. And, um, and I do really like your music, like I said. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, Heaven, a uh, wonderful song. Um, I listened to that twice on my way here. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, but I'm interested in just, you know, uh, just kind of how uh, you, how you're doing with your artistry right now. So do you want to tell me a little bit about, you know, how, you know, with like your EP out and like with your I'll Be Damned single, like how is, um, you know, how did you start to decide to like really you know take your artistry seriously so um i've always done like different kinds of artistry like 
um, when I was little I used to sing a lot, and then um, when I was in grade school I used to write a lot, and then when I was in high school I started making films, and I kind of got into music kind of just out of high school. I started learning to play guitar, I started learning to write, which was really empowering for me because I had always loved to sing, yeah. and as soon as I started to take it more seriously it kind of came together. And, um, I, I got a really stellar opportunity. I knew that I wanted to put something out. I knew that I wanted to release an EP. I had been kind of accumulating a body of songs for a while. Mm -hmm. And then I starred in the Immortal Girlfriend music video for Daybreak. Nice. And, um, Another great, yeah, that great awesome. uh, shout out to Immortal Girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was super fun. That's how I met Kevin and Will. And then we just started working together and we collaborated and made the VAL EP. Or no, we made I'll Be Damned. And then, um, we had a couple other songs that we wanted to piece together through an EP, but we released I'll Be Damned first, and then I kind of, that's when I got uh, assigned to N43, and then I did uh, Mean to Me with N43, and then released the whole EP through them. Sure. Awesome. Yeah. Um, what are some of, like, the ideas that you feel like you, you know, really communicated through that EP? Um... The, the EP, it's it's funny because it's such a bright and it's such a happy EP, but it was written during like a, just an absolutely terrible time. And I think that's kind of, um, I feel like when we're having good times, we make art that processes the dark moments, and when we're having dark times, we make art that inspires hope. Yeah. So it was right. kind of that, and um, so I was just going through like a lot of transitions in my life. Um, I was ending, I was getting out of a three-year relationship, mm -hmm. and... Um, it was just, um, I was, there's just an immense amount of upheaval that I was experiencing, and I think on some level I needed to feel hope, and I needed to feel freer, so like, um, the journey, I took a solo road trip to Boston, I drove out to Boston by oh, myself wow. this time last year. Oh, shit. Yeah. Damn. Uh, How long of a drive is that? Uh, I think it's like 16 to 18 hours. Right. You do that in, uh... You do that in, all, in one, in just like oh, no. one. Oh. I broke it up into two. Days. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, at the time, my dad lived in Ohio, so I could like stay at his place halfway. He's in Wisconsin now, but um, I have friends out in Boston, so like I I was visiting people, but I just drove out by myself. I was just like, "Fuck this shit, I'm out." Is it okay if I swear on here? Please do. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. get that question a lot. Everyone's always like, "Can I swear?" Of course. Please. We uh we love obscenities at Mister Nice Guy. Mm. So, <laughs> woo, woo, woo. yeah, so, but yeah, I was just having a hard time. So I was like, fuck this shit. I'm out. Yeah. So, um, I took a solo road trip to Boston by myself and that's kind of what the journey is about. And then, um, this was at the end of that three year relationship. And, um, at the time I was just having a really hard time with, um, feeling like we're on completely different sleeping schedules, mm. like complete, complete, like I would wake up at 9am and wow. just hang out in his room waiting for him to wake up until like 3 p.m. Oh shit, yeah. And he had like a tiny room and then he had like blackout curtains so it was just like sitting in the dark for like six hours. Yeah. He lived in Racine so I had nothing to do. Wow. I would just like sit and just like, it was just like, hello darkness my old friend as the camera zooms in. So that's what Doe Eyes is about. Wow. And Doe Eyes is like pretty explicitly about that experience. And then um... Waiting for a partner to wake up in a dark room. Yeah! Wow. Yeah. yeah. That is some real uh, Sound of Silence type shit there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And then, um, Me and Me is just, I dated a guy who wasn't that into me, and that's what that song is about. And then, um, 
what's what's the other song? Heaven. Heaven is just like Heaven is actually just about love and fear, kinda. I um wow. Woo, bring it yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Bring it full circle. Here we go. Um, That's why we're here. I feel like love and fear, especially for women, kind of like cohabitate so intimately that um I don't know, they it's not that they're the same thing, but it's that like they just they travel together. They keep the same company. They run yeah. in the same circles, and it's really hard mm -hmm. to have one without the other. Absolutely. Yeah. No. Totally. I. Uh, I. That really hits home for me, especially that love and fear are both parallels of each other. Absolutely. Like they're very. They're very. Um, you know, they coincide a lot with what somebody or something can mean to you, mm -hmm. and anything that threatens that is kind of where the the fear really like kicks in is that you're you're afraid of losing something or you're afraid of something changing or you're afraid of like you know what you don't know or aren't used to and yeah. uh, and um yeah i i I'm a firm believer, too, that you can't really have one without the other because, like, you don't really know, like, how much you love something or how much something, like, really, like, just... Means to you. Yeah, yeah, makes you, just captivates you in a way that you can't explain. Like, having that makes you so afraid of, like, losing that, you know, or, or afraid of something happening to that, and that's where it's, like, you know, if you really lines up with that a lot so I, I I definitely agree with you and I think that for me like a lot of love and fear is like I feel like when we love someone the way that we see them is so rosy and the way that we like we paint a picture of them in our heads and to me like a big component of the fear that comes with love is the fear of like what if I'm wrong yeah. What if this person doesn't actually care about me? Mm -hmm. What if this person doesn't actually love me? What if this person is not who I think they are? Yeah. And what if, like, I'm just blind yeah. to all of this right now? Right. So then there's that just, like, sometimes really crippling fear, like, what if I'm wrong, yeah. you know? Totally. And, like, what if I'm just being taken for a ride, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I feel like that's a big part of the fear. And then there's also the fear because, like, when you love someone, they have so much power over you. You know what I mean? When you really love somebody, yeah. every single little thing that they say and do is so consequential and it matters yeah. so deeply and it affects the way you relate to yourself yeah. and think of yourself and perceive yourself. Totally. So there's just this intense, intense power dynamic yeah. in any any time there's just like too much love. Yeah. It's like you're you get so, you're so sensitive to everything they can do and say. Yeah. And it's like, but you also compromise so much just to accommodate them or just Absolutely. to, or just to like, you know, maintain that uh, image you have of them in your head, mm -hmm. like to make, to keep that there. Yeah. Cause I, and we're going to talk about, um, uh, Loving somebody and, and and afraid of being wrong, like we're gonna, like, I'll I'll uh, chime this in that I have been several times like where I have been interested in somebody, mm -hmm. but I would later find out that like I feel I feel like I was more in love with the idea of them I rather mean. yeah rather than like you know who they actually were. Um, 
which I mean is like, not to say that like, obviously it's like, obviously I cared a lot about this person and like, I really wanted to like be around them and stuff. But at the same time, it's like, I always, it's like my mind wanted them to be something that they weren't or yeah. my mind wanted something more than what they were able to provide. And it's like, you can't change somebody like, and no one should change for that, another person. And that's hard. That's a really hard truth to grapple with is that you can't change somebody. Yeah. And if somebody doesn't care, they're just never going to care. Right. And you can't change that. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Cause like it, it would, it literally like eats you alive, like from the inside. It's like really just being in love with this image you have of somebody and like thinking that it's, it's almost like, you know, you think that you really do like love this person, but then it's like, you know, are they really what you want? <coughs> Excuse me. Are they really like what you want specifically? Or is it more like what, is it more of like the feeling that, you know, you are, is it more like, are you in love with them specifically or, yeah, or exactly. the idea of them and like the idea of like what they could be providing for you? Um, and I think that that's an important distinction to make, like, for anybody really, like, about, it's like, yeah, like, some people will never, like, truly be, like, who you would hope them to be, or, like, and it can be really disheartening and sad, because, like, you kind of grieve, you grieve over it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I feel like when you grieve the relationship, you not only grieve the person you thought they were, you also grieve the relationship, and then you also grieve the person you were in the relationship. Oh, yeah. It's like three people die when mm. a serious relationship ends. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. I kind of went through that with, like, a, like, just sort of, like, in a, in sort of, like, just a life-hitting-you kind of way where, like, after college, I, you know... Like, the, the, a couple months after college, like, I was seeing people that, like, you know, I had been friends with less and less. Mm -hmm. And, like, I would, um, you know, I was drifting away from some people that, like, you know, I had been friends with. And and it's like, you know, your your body and your mind even kind of grieves over that. Like, yeah. distant, just having there be that, like, ever-growing distance like between... Chasm. Yeah, between you and another person or another comfortability you had, like, with a situation. It's, like, the more distance you put with that, yeah, it's, like, it's similar. You're, you you have that, like, grieving and sadness and... And the rage. Yeah, yeah. The rage. Many mixed emotions. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um... But I think that, yeah, that's, that's, that is a really true test of love and fear. Love and fear walk the world hand in hand. Yeah. They're buddies. They go everywhere together. Oh, yeah. They're, they're total homies. But, yeah. But, uh, BFFs. Yeah. But they're BFFs that uh, they quarrel a lot, mm -hmm. I would say. They do. Um, they have a love-hate relationship. <laughs> that's good. Thank you. Wow, yeah. We're... Uh, yeah, we're really actually telling jokes here. That's that's, that's what the show. Yeah, that's why I brought you here. Aren't you glad I didn't tell any oh, other jokes? Oh God, <laughs> man. I'm sorry. Man, that, that I didn't see that one coming. That's good. Ooh, coming in hot. Yeah. So um, yeah. How did you uh, start bringing those ideas, those musical, um, 
ideas uh, to like a live setting? Like, where did when did you start performing? Uh, I had my first show in Boston last summer, and it was so cute because uh, I played Porch Fest, which okay. is like this outdoor festival where just a bunch of musicians play on people's porches in this like nicer neighborhood That's outside dope. Boston. Nice. Yeah, it's cool, and um, it was at my team captain's house. I played on his porch. And he like built a stage out of like plywood and two by fours and easy ups, like, because I only found out that I was gonna be playing the show two days before it happened. Oh, wow. It was my first performance ever, mm -hmm. and they wanted me to play an hour, and I had just gotten back from being in Europe for like ten days without my guitar. Wow. So it was like an amalgam of holy shit, can I do this? Mm -hmm. But I did it, and it was brutal but fun. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like my whole team like just built this stage for me and like got people to come and it was just it was really cute it was really sweet and i think since then i've probably done like eight or nine shows but i have a lot of i have a lot set up that i'm really excited for i'm playing cactus club on monday Woo! and then the exclusive company the 19th i have a show in boston again the 12th and then um i'm playing can i fest next month oh cool yeah what is, oh yeah 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 it just got announced the other day What? Why is it Can I Fest? Like, what oh. is the, what's the theme? I feel like that's a dumb question. It's uh, posted by the Can I Hemp Company. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the company that uh, everyone's telling me I should be getting the CBD from and shit. Yeah, they sell CBD oil, they sell a ton of stuff. My older brother actually has a CBD oil business, too. Mm. Yeah. PHE Hemp. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're plugging here. Boom. Good shit. I, um, I haven't tried it yet, still need to. Um, I don't smoke weed because it just aggravates my anxiety so much, but like, okay. I, ever like, a lot of people have been telling me to like try CBD because it's, it's new, the new great thing and helps no, with anxiety and stuff. It. Yeah. It really helps I'm open anxiety. to it. You should try it. Yeah. That's I, good. I've had it quite a few times. Yeah. I'm a fan. <laughs> nice. Well, I, um, yeah, I, I think it's cool how, like, there's, a business overlap there where it's like uh you know a cbd hemp company is sponsoring like a mini music festival i, I right? admit, yeah that is just that's a super Isn't that dope yeah oh my god <laughs> i'm the pun queen man that's man that is so wholesome <laughs> holy shit i don't even i don't know what you're gonna do next I'm going to release an EP, May 3rd. Whoa. Yes, so it's going to be a three-song EP, and it's going to have a song called Amsterdam, which I wrote about Amsterdam when I went last summer. It's going to have a song called Palisades. That's just kind of a song about love, not fear, just love and, like, a spirit of adventure. And then it's going to have a song about Boston. I'm excited. It's very 60s. It's very, like, old school. It's a lot more folksy than the EP that's out right now. Mm -hmm. Right now, the EP, V-A-L, it's, it's pretty pop. It's, um, has, like, a very, like, modern lean. Yeah. But this is more, um, it's more antique. It's more old school. It's definitely more, like, Joan Baez folk. Sure. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, cool. We'll, we'll, we'll be looking out for that one. Thank um, you. Here at High Five, also, uh... Ooh. Send it to Breaking Entering. We're definitely gonna announce that one. Thank you. Yeah. Of course. I uh, yeah, you gave your like little free space uh, performance oh, last fun. month. I remember. And yeah. That was my first time like actually seeing you perform and sing, and um, 
And, uh... I had a grand old time. That was, yeah, that was a really fun little time. And, uh, um... And it's, it's cool to see how I feel like you've, like, you've really developed yourself as an artist in, like, a really short span of time. Like, it's been intense. Yeah. It's been intense. Because this has been over the course of a year, and you already have an EP and a, a separate single out. You have another EP coming. Like, life has taken off for, for Valerie Lightheart here. Yeah, I think it's even been less than a year. I think I started recording this EP mid to end of April last year. Sure. So it hasn't been quite a year that I've been doing music in any public way. And before that, I was just sitting in my room playing guitar, singing yeah. songs. And, um, yeah, it's been crazy. I feel like because I worked with Immortal Girlfriend on this EP and because I got signed to N43 after releasing that single, mm. I kind of am entering the scene with um, being, like, I, I'm not trying to like bash myself, but I'm entering the scene in groups where my peers have all been doing this for like 10, 12, 15 some years. Yeah. Like it's all minimum seven, <coughs> I've never, I haven't met a musician yet who's been doing this for less than seven years. Mm. And uh, it's kind of been crazy because yeah. I'm, I feel like sometimes I'm trying to play catch up. Right. Because uh, I just started doing vocal coaching like a couple of months ago mm. and I've been like doing a lot of just like movement rehearsal and um, it's definitely majorly gratifying and super exciting and really fun. But um, yeah, sometimes it's it's a little intense. Mm. I believe it. And that actually segues into a question I had because um, you said you learned guitar so late. Yeah, I didn't get a guitar until I was 18. Yeah, so uh, for one, like... You're definitely not alone in that, because, I mean, like, Alex Turner of Arctic Monkeys, like, he didn't learn guitar yeah. until he was, like, 17, 18. Yeah. So, I mean, not yeah. Not too late to think about yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's never too late to pick up something. Um, so, like, where did you, um, what do you, like, how do you feel like, uh, how fast do you feel like you picked it up once you started doing guitar? Um... When I started, to, when I first started playing guitar, I think I got a guitar Christmas, like, three and a half years ago. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just tried to be kind of strict about practicing. I've, like, gotten way more lax because I have to spend a lot of time doing, like, vocal practice nowadays, so yeah. I don't have as much time for guitar. But, uh, I would just practice, like, an hour a day. And I would pick, like, a few songs that I really loved that I really wanted to, like, learn how to play. And, um... I think the first song I learned how to play was like Cherry Wine by Hosier, which is like nice. a super intricate picking pattern. So like that was, I would just kind of pick one thing and then work at it every day and sink my teeth into it as much as I could. Mm -hmm. And then I would pick like a song that maybe was bar chords the whole, throughout the whole thing. Sure. So that I could practice like finger strengthening. So I'm definitely not the strongest guitarist, but um, I feel like I, I put in enough work in the beginning that I'm still relatively decent even though I don't have that much practice time anymore. Sure. I feel that, yeah. I, um, I mean, still, like I said, if a song like Heaven can make you feel like you're on a dragon in some fantasy <laughs> world, like it does me, then... Uh, Dungeons and Dragons. You should listen to it and play Dungeons and Dragons at the same time. I have never played Dungeons and Dragons. It's amazing. Is it? It's amazing. I'm a big fan. Yeah. I play every other Sunday with my younger brother. Really? Yes, I do. I, I was always, I've always kind of been, um, confused about how it works like you want to like explain how Dungeons and Dragons like 
how do you play exactly? I know it's role playing and shit, but like... Yeah, it's like a tabletop RPG, and then, um, so you have a group, usually around like five or six players, and then every group has a DM, which is like a dungeon master, or like a dragon master, like the terms vary. But, um, your DM like runs the whole campaign, so it's kind of like you're playing a video, it's like you're walking through a book and he's reading it to you. Mm. So, uh, the DM will like read different books on Dungeons and Dragons and read about different campaigns and maybe he'll run you through like a campaign that's already written or he'll write his own. And so, um, the DM structures the game, writes out the story for it, kind of accommodates for how it might fork and twist and turn depending on the player's decisions and creates all the NPCs that you interact with. Okay. Yeah. Which is dope. How do you, like, do you get actual people to be the NPCs, or is no, it... No, no, no. Oh. No, he just, like, the DM will usually just do different voices. Oh, But I then see. you'll have a group of, like, maybe five other people in your party, and everybody has, like, they have a... Usually, everybody has a different race, and everybody has a different class. You can have people with the same race and the same class, but you might not have as advantageous of a group. Mm. So, like, you can be an elf, you can be, uh, like, a, like a dragonborn... You can be, right now I'm a hobbit in my current campaign, yes. I'm a halfling named Bindle, <laughs> and I'm a rogue. Oh wow. Which is fun, but I really miss being a bard. Being a bard was like number one, but then you can pick your classes, and like you can be like a wizard, you can be, I don't know if it's a wizard or like a sorcerer by the rule book, but it's like you can have magic. Or you can be a bard. Bards have a little bit of magic, but not as much as like another class might. Or you could be a rogue, or you could be like, um... A ranger or like a fighter so there's like so many things you can pick from and then you just build a character like from the ground up it can be anything you want it to be and you choose its moral alignment so it could be like chaotic evil so it literally does whatever it wants to be evil or it could be like lawful good so like it abides by the society's rules and it's gen generally moral so you can get really in-depth and then your DM will walk you through the whole game and you'll have battles You'll have, like, diplomatic quests. You'll have um, places where you need to do some treasure hunting. It's, like, everything. You work with a whole team. And everybody role plays. Um, Usually not that in-depth role playing, but a little bit of role playing. Wow. That yeah. was... Sorry. That's a, that, was a, that was a handful. <laughs> but I, it's, a, it's a big game. Well, then, Bindolf. <laughs> uh, yeah. This wonderful halfling. Um... <laughs> Wow. Damn. Well, I, I mean, that's, that's fascinating. I can see where the investment comes in, comes in. Um, yeah. closest thing I've probably come to the playing Dungeons and Dragons was, uh, when I attended the Renaissance Fair. I love the Renaissance Fair. Last year. Yeah. Oh my God. It was a great I love time. the Renaissance Fair. Oh my God. It was so much fun. It's, it's magic. Oh yeah. It is. It's actual magic. It's like, it's cool how just, I thought the coolest thing about walking around out there you know, besides all of, like, the stalls and shit like that, and, like, it's just looking around to see just how in-character people are, and yeah. to see how, like, how much people from, like, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> people from all over come to, like, just congregate, and, like, it's like they escape the rest of the world, and they're just here, like, in the moment, like, you know, being... These like you know alter egos and like yeah. interacting with each other and everyone is just so equally like as into it as each other and like I thought that was a cool it was the coolest fucking thing because it's like people this is like such a release for so many people yeah 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 
And I think it's an excellent channel for, um, like, highly creative people who are, like, interested in the fantasy realm, you know? Yeah. People who don't necessarily have an outlet, people who might just maybe, like, write fiction at home, mm. or just really into reading fantasy, you know? Yeah. It's, like, definitely a space that welcomes, like, all manner of fantasy enthusiasts. Totally. Is that where, like, do you feel like you kind of, uh, get that from doing D&D? Yeah, yeah, it's a similar feeling. It's definitely, like, a similar realm, but I really like the total immersion that, like, Renaissance Fair gives. Yeah. It's awesome. And the turkey legs. It. I'm a vegan. Oh. Well, it's okay. I'll, I'll eat the turkey legs, but... Okay. <laughs> but I... No, I... I think there's far more than just that. There's, there's all kinds of, uh, you know, eccentric uh, medieval food uh, yes. of, all, of all kinds, but... Um, well, that's, I mean, but it's like, um, that's also just so, that's just another, I feel like another way that, um, you know, it's just another avenue of expressing yourself in a way that, you know, not a lot of people are going to understand or something that you can't necessarily just, you know, you, you just can't you can't immerse yourself in it like all the time so when you yeah. get to do you value it a lot a big part of my life is just like creative immersion like i love to read um i love to write poetry fiction um music obviously yeah. and um i don't know i feel like i spent like a lot of time in my imagination as a kid and i've mm -hmm. just carried that over like into my adult life and i have such a gratitude for it and such so much fun with it you know oh yeah totally i yeah i can relate to that one um I used to game a lot when I was a okay. kid. Like I just sat on my PS2, my Xbox. Like I radical. Yeah, it was, it was very rad. Um, hmm. But rad I would. <laughs> but I would. I would just I would get really really into my video games when I was a kid. Like I would yeah. like. I would kind of in in a similar way to like what would be considered fan fiction. Like I would like play video games when. Like, and, like, I would go outside and pretend that, like, I was, like, you know, in, in my game. In the realm. Like, yeah, interacting yeah. with characters or, like, I would make up my own little, like, side things, like, in the game and shit like that. That's and, awesome. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's super embarrassing. No, like, that's not embarrassing. That just means you had a bright and vivid imagination well, as a child. No, I, yeah, I appreciate that. I, well, the thing is, it's embarrassing when it's, like, when you think of it as that, but it's, like, when you... When you instead identify it as creative immersion, like you just said, yeah. thank you very much. No problem. Because I feel comfortable sharing. We're making it cool today. Yes, we are, and I feel comfortable sharing that, just because you are like you know you have so many ways of, you know, expressing yourself that way, and yeah, it, it's it is crazy. It's like you develop a lot of versatility mm -hmm. in your imagination, like when you can you know, when you have kind of your own, yeah, your own reality escape, uh, yep. as a kid, because I spent so, I devoted so much time to, like, doing all that shit when I was younger, I mean, after a while, like, I kind of grew out of it, and was like, you know what, I'm getting more interested in girls, and <laughs> making friends and shit, but, yeah, but, <laughs> but, like, but it definitely, um, it, it helps develop you as a creative person that's, that is, um, you know, kind of peculiar in yeah. a very positive way. Because it's like, 
it's like I, I know that like I'm a very weird person. I'm very eccentric, but me as well. Yeah, but it's like there's there's really no point other than to just embrace it. Yeah. You know, and and find how you uh, like can do something that no one else really like thinks to do mm-hmm. with that with that energy. You know? I feel like the things that make childhood awkward and difficult to make you a cool adult. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, did you uh, like play like a lot of games as a kid too? Uh, I wasn't as into games. Uh, I've just never been good at video games, especially first-person shooter games. I'm terrible. Oh. Like, absolutely, just no hand-eye coordination whatsoever. You weren't doing Call of Duty or anything like that. No, uh-uh. <laughs> I was just okay. reading, like sure. reading fantasy books, like feverishly in my room. Building forts. I built a lot of forts as a child. Did you? Like, almost compulsively. Like, I always had a fort in my room. I pitched a tent in my room one time. Wow. Yeah. I don't even know how to pitch a tent. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. It was my sister's tent. She let me borrow it, and I just pitched it in the middle of my room and just stayed in there and watched TV. Like, I would, um, you know what I mean? Like, unzip the little thing that we're supposed to see the stars, but instead I would just watch, like, Sister, Sister, you know? That's cool. That's that's awesome. I yeah. my sister and I had one of those like Toy Story like, uh like, it was like a puppet show thing. But like we had it, it was like a Toy Story two like Woody's Roundup like little, it was like a tent kind of thing. Oh yeah. I used to set it up and play with it when I was like three four years old. That's awesome. Yeah, loved Toy Story when I was a kid. But great franchise. Yeah, great yeah. Franchise. Those yeah. Are so I have a question for you about love and fear. Sure. So we've talked about how love incites fear and how love directly causes fear. Do you think that fear ever incites love or fear ever causes love? Like, does the inverse ever happen? That is a good question. Um, I think so, because I've found that, like, we generally, by human nature, we fear things that we don't know or don't understand. And that can, I, I think that like, you know, you, once you like really start to grow to understand something that, or like, it's like if you overcome a fear, like as a kid, for example, like if you're afraid of like being in the dark or if you're afraid of tornadoes or if you're afraid yeah. of like scary movies or something like that, it's like, if you like take the time to like learn about it, you kind of develop some kind of like newfound appreciation for it. And it's like you, it becomes less of a fear and more, it becomes a fascination. And I've experienced that. (coughs) I've experienced that firsthand. Like, well, like, for example, like I was like terrified of severe weather when I was a kid, like absolutely terrified. But that, but then that eventually turned into like a, a fascination for it. Like as I grew up and like started like reading about it and like. And, like, I would look up, you know, all this, all the facts and information and shit like that about, like, storms and tornadoes and shit like that. And, and it's, like, now it's, like, I love all that shit. Yeah. So, I think that, and, and, I mean, that's kind of, like, a, you know, a, a bit of, like, a um, weird example. But it's also, like, you know, I think that when you, when you have, like, so much energy that you put into, like, being afraid of something it almost becomes like, you know, 
if you can turn that into something that's like, you know, that you can use energetically, like in a good way, like in a positive way, in a way that uplifts, uplifts you, then that can, you can kind of like sort of mold it into love. For like another example, this is actually a much more applicable one. Like I have dealt with anxiety, like, you know, throughout my life and like, for so long, like, I was terrified of, like, my mind and how my anxiety would cause me to think and act and it would make me fear myself. I thought I was, like, going insane. But I started turning, like, you know, through therapy and meds and everything, I'm, like, just learn growing with it. You learn to channel it into, into a way that is for good. But, like, I started learning how to turn anxiety into something that, like, inspires me and drives me and keeps me on my toes and and also keeps me very self-aware. So doing so is like, it's made me very grateful for my anxiety uh, mm. because it's like now it just helps me keep in touch with myself. And it's also helped me bring a lot of love to myself and love to many people around me that also, you know, might be dealing with anxiety or other various things that where they like just don't have a place to put it yet. Um, it just like, I feel like learning about your problems or learning about your fears and growing with them helps you not only be less afraid of them, but it helps you, you know, it, it can become something that really like, um, keeps you in touch with yourself and also allows you to, you know, spread more knowledge and wisdom with the world around you. Absolutely. I agree wholeheartedly. I think too that like, especially for women, like fear is just kind of like the world that we're born into. Mm -hmm. And it's something that we, that like lives in us that we carry around that we can never really like put down, yeah. you know? Yeah. Because to, to a certain extent, it's always like, Whenever you're going to meet someone new, for instance, there's always, like, the thought in the back of your head, is this guy going to murder me? Yeah. Or, like, whenever you're out with your friends and then, like, I don't know, there's just a random guy in the corner who keeps staring at you. Yeah. Things like that. Like you're, there's always that in the back of your head. This has happened to five out of ten women I know. When is it going to happen to me? It's a feeling of not yeah. if, but when. Yeah. And, and that's it's upsetting. Terrifying. Yeah, it's upsetting. I actually keep that in mind, um, like when I what when I'm like around women. Um, Good, yeah, like, I bet they appreciate it. Well, I, yeah, and I and I, it's like when I'm meeting when someone like a woman doesn't know me or like we haven't made an acquaintance yet. It's like when I'm close to the, like I try to be very like cognizant of like personal space and mm -hmm. also kind of like. Um, a, and being like, and approaching somebody in a way that like, you know, makes them feel comfortable because it's like, I I have like I kind of try to keep that in mind that most women feel uncomfortable around like men they that they don't know or don't at least a little bit yeah yeah and it's and it's not personal but it's just it's. This is a man, and I don't know him. Yeah. And it's it's like a physiological thing, too. Like, it's not a conscious choice. Like, oh, I'm going to be afraid of this guy, not this guy. It's right. like, it's um, it's kind of like a unilateral, like, physiological response. Like, oh, 
there is a man and he's suddenly four inches away from me. Like, yeah. body goes into, like, oh shit mode, you know? Right. Or if, like, someone, like, walks behind you. Or, like... Yeah. Or is, yeah, like you said, like, just weirdly close to you or something like that. It's, like, I always try to keep my... And I also, like, I'm... A, when I'm around, like, women that I don't know, like, I also am very careful about my hands and, like, making sure that, like, you know, I don't accidentally, like, touch them in, like, an unwanted way or, like, rub up against them or anything. Like, I See, always I try to keep... I think it's very kind that you're even aware of that. So well, I... I, I try to be, I mean, especially yeah. from, like, just having a lot of women friends that have been, you know, have voiced that to me and have told me that, like, this is how they feel about men that they don't know or yeah, strange it's strangers. like yeah it's this, these are you know valid emotions and feelings that need to be put into consideration more by men just about the fact that most women are going to be uncomfortable around you unless until like you, you know, know them yeah and until, they know that you're safe of course yeah and i think that's important for you know all of my boys to know, to keep that in mind. Boys out there. Yes. Love uh, women. Love women and also, yeah, be mindful of your space. Yes, be mindful and ask permission. Yes, and and I mean, really, like, it's just all part of being a decent person in yeah. general. But and women, too. Women, too. I've right. Been, I've been groped by a lot of female friends in high school, and I'm like, that's not... Just because you're a girl, that doesn't make it okay. Like, you gotta... Right, and like... Respect the bubble. Yeah. Ask first. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I, I think that, yeah, it's something that everyone can learn from, but especially in, like, you know, with yeah. how, with just how, like, women have been so subordinated by men and yeah. b by history and by society, I think that, like, it's, you know, have, it's just been something that men have been guilty of yeah. throughout history. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. That's actually, I'm trying to put out a record next year, and it's all about, like, the historical persecution of women. Yeah. Well, I'm f I'm here for it. Thank you. Yeah. So Thank I you. I uh, especially with your uh, with your sound, I think that will be a really it's gonna be interesting amazing way to do it. Yeah, totally. Thank you. Right. Okay. okay, Valerie Lightheart. Hi. Look at that red glow. Um, what keeps you up at night? Shit. Um. Climate change. Climate change. Yes. Yeah. We need to, we need to save our planet, um, because it's not going to save itself. <laughs> On that note. Yeah, uh, what puts you to sleep? What puts me to sleep? Um, marijuana. <laughs> That's good. Well, hey, everyone has their medicine. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. It's been lovely. Yes, uh, remember to check out the Valley P streaming everywhere. I'll be damned. And also, look out for the CP coming out May 3rd. Um, thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time.